0: Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuiper. I am Stacy Heller, Greg's producer. Hello, Greg.
1: Hello, Stacy. Hello, everyone.
0: It is actually nice today. It's lovely. Um, so a little background on Greg. Greg is a practicing psychotherapist and holistic life coach. He's also a recovering addict and alcoholic. Through his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg has learned that without connection to self Real connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. So there we go. It's I mean, that it's, is it It that is that is everything <laughs> is at the root of that. So uh, last week, we spent a lot of time talking about family contracts or um, there are so many different things that you can call them. Right, And um, I know that that really resonated with me, at least. It's something that I thought about all weekend. I'm like, I have a whiteboard. I can write things down. I'm (laughs) like, it was very inspiring. Um, And really, at the end of the day, how they're meant to reflect family values, create mutual respect and understanding, taking into account safety, obviously, that parents are worried about, but still allowing room for autonomy.
1: Autonomy, yeah. And helping the... Helping your kids self-regulate their emotions, be a part of the team, if you will, rather than being uh, dictated to, and and, and allowing them to experience that autonomy, because that's what's happening at that age of their brain development, is learning about that and and trying to experience it. And if we shut them down, uh, they're going to remain shut down. For a long time, yeah, I see it every day.
0: Well, and and you've shared before that you see it not only in your uh, teenagers that are in their late teens, but I mean, you see it in forty-year-old women, fifty-year-old men, the adults, yes. And you know, there's there's that um, kind of residual from that time, and you know, you can you can allow room for autonomy, still have accountability, yes and build resilience. So I figured let's, let's talk about autonomy. Um, because I think there's so many different things that it can look like. Um, meaning, um, the idea that it could be, you've mentioned before on the show, it could be political autonomy. You know, if your parents are super liberal, then you may choose to not be just reactionary, um, or societally or intellectually, uh, interest, you know, dad, Uh, plays baseball, so you're going to play football, Um, you know, or even um, culturally, you know, you may grow up Muslim, but you don't feel like you, um, you really connect with that. Or even fashion-wise, you may decide that, um, you know, you live in a house full of goth um, mentors (laughs) and you're like, I call me Biff, I'm preppy. (laughs) So, you know let's let's talk about what autonomy looks like at this age so that parents sort of get that sense
1: well i think it kind of starts when when they start getting this feeling of social justice right and that's when that age of oh middle school 12 13 w- w- right in there and they start seeing that things aren't fair or maybe there's some hypocritical stuff going on and mm-hmm. they're and they're And they're just experimenting that and seeing it. And social justice, everyone knows. I mean, if you've had teenagers, that's one of the first things that just really creeps into their thinking and their uh, reasoning and forming opinions. And that is where that autonomy comes in and allowing them to express their opinions and embracing that i mm-hmm. mean we don't have to fight against it or or tell them they're wrong i mean that's uh, that's just damaging you know and go ahead
0: well i was going to say i i have noticed that at least i try to take myself back to when i was a teenager sure it was a long time ago but it's fine <laughs> don't worry about it um and one thing that I remember is when I was doing something or dating someone that my parents didn't approve of right. they warned me about the lasting effects and they <laughs> they went to this like end zone of like this is what's going to happen and there was this projection of all the bad. And then if I dated someone or I did something that they weren't concerned about, then it was I was just having fun. Right. So if they didn't approve, there was consequences. If they did approve, there was none.
1: Well and it's and a lot of times those those adults, those parents just have opinions about something that they've formed and maybe it was modeled to them or they got their opinions from their caregivers way back when, but but they get these opinions, and it's easy to express that opinion to your kids and then use that very tool or whatever you want to call it. It's not a tool that you're talking about against them. And I've been there. I've experienced this. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to have to go through what I've gone through. Right. Uh, I mean, how many times did you hear that? Uh, uh, Or
0: actually, conversely, I heard, why aren't you doing what I did? What I did was awesome. (laughs) And, right. you know, why aren't you more like me socializing with so-and-so or doing this? And I'm like, because I don't want to, I'm not ready for that.
1: Right. And it's so important. I mean, think about it. As adults, we do not like it at all. We, it's, it's, we feel so disrespected when someone um, disavows, this allows our opinion, doesn't even listen to it, to 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 talk about it banter back and forth uh-huh. whatever I mean it's uh-huh. just so disrespectful what is the difference right what is the difference if they're 14 or they're 40 now you know we want to help them we want to help them develop on a good path but helping them explore those opinions rather than shooting them down there it is in one sense Mm-hmm. explore their opinions in a positive uh, educational way rather than shoot them down because we don't have time. This is going to take 10 minutes to talk about this. And right. if I just say, because I said so, it's over. And, oh, yeah. and you know, it, we are responsible as parents to help these kids develop this emotional maturity, ability to self-regulate. And it's if we don't model it, they're not going to get it, and they're going to end up like us 20 years from now. Yeah. No, it's just going to happen. It it, it happens all the time. Um, And so it's so important to take that time to allow them to explore that opinion. What do you think about this? Oh, I get what you're saying. No, but I'm thinking this way. What do you think? That kind of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you still may not want to let them stay out to two in the morning, but, well, but, but you know, at least you have a right. discussion well, about it, right? I
0: right. Mean, the phrase, I have learned about the benefits of the phrase yes and, and yeah. learning that.
1: Or yes, but.
0: Yes but is not good. No. Yes but negates everything that was said. I I can say this because I know my mom's not listening right now. <laughs> I grew up with, you know, a mother whom I adore, you know, she's wonderful and she tried you shared a story about your mom and how, you know, she had you pray and that kind of thing and that's not helpful. Well, my mother said to her, you know, newly minted teen, you know, someday you're going to grow up to be, you know, the size of a barn and you don't take care of yourself and, you know, you're built like your father, which was to say heavy set with great legs, by the way. (laughs) Um, And, you know, saying those kinds of things and there was, or she would say, you know, you're beautiful, but. And so that negated everything. So I never really believed her during that time. It took me a long time to realize. And then it took me a long time to realize just how much I was Mm -hmm. employing that phrase, the yes but. And so really started paying attention to it in right. in relationship to, you know, Pete and the kids and coworkers and just myself.
1: Well too, and we're we're helping helping. We're we're modeling to our kids that yes but too. I mean how often do you hear that from teenagers? Mm-hmm. Yes but, yes but, no but whatever. If we can Help them understand and look at all the options, and and help them to work through those decisions in that way, rather than shooting them down. Um,
0: well, and uh, sometimes
1: not- we do have to put our foot down. I mean, right? I mean, we're the parents, and we we've, we've got safety in mind. We've got all kinds of things in mind. That-
0: right. Well, and you know, and there are some. It's okay to have some. You know, a, a family moral compass and the kind of things. One of the things that, in thinking about this conversation, is the fear that parents have in what the autonomy means. And the thing is, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, very rarely do the kids, if allowed to explore this, right. it's going to evolve. And frankly, we're all going to end up like our parents anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Eh, not, pretty much. Co- not completely, but the things <laughs> that I like never thought that I would say and that I'm saying, I'm like, Oh yeah, there it is. Right. Um but allowing the kids I wanna I just thought about the fear that we all have, like, you know, it's,
1: it's a fear that we're gonna lose control of the family or the situation, right? If yes. we give them too much autonomy or help foster that autonomy within reason,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we are um exceeding our control we are we it's 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 not going to be as easy to say just because I said so right right and and so these kids have have lived for you know 10 11 12 years with us as parents mm-hmm. and they've just learned that whatever we say goes right right and then at some point in here you know, this 10, 11, 12, 13, whenever it starts happening. And they, it's like, no, wait a second. does This isn't right. Mm-hmm. Or this isn't fair. Let's put it that way. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of um, uh, hypocritical stuff happening here. And that's, that's what's so important about us being able to share this with our kids is helping them, modeling it for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when autonomy gets sh- uh, shut down in extreme instances in a child's life, in, in, a, in a family, later uh, I see those adults and they are unable to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we can always tie it back to something like this, that rejection or... Their opinion was never even heard. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't even allowed to speak. Um, uh, everything they brought up was shot down, and and so here they are, you know, as adults, um, trying to have kids, uh, raise kids on their own, and they aren't sure at all about uh, making good choices or opinions, uh, and that fear is still in there. Mm-hmm. It's automatic. I mean, we carry this stuff with us um, uh, until we don't. You know what I mean? I mean, we just oh. carry it until we figure it out, and and that's what happens when we go forward. And I see, I see a couple that comes in, right? And we're kind of going off track here a little no, that's bit. That's okay, because I'm going to bring
0: you back in a minute. Okay, but go ahead, go.
1: All right, you can bring me back. <laughs> um, see, I have no autonomy. <laughs>
0: Well, because there's something else that inquiring minds want to know.
1: Well, let's go with that then.
0: Well, are you sure? Do you want yeah, to talk no, about that? No, that's fine.
1: We'll go to couples. There's so much here that well. we're going to bounce all over the place, I'm sure. And that's just fine.
0: So when you talk about the building, resi- the re- building resilience and, uh-huh. you know, in addition to, I think, the fear that parents have in losing control, I also think there's a fear that as kids discover their autonomy... Think about politically, um, you know, the past couple of years have been a super politically divisive time. I think about sexuality. If your kids are starting to explore their sexuality at this time. And so parents have, in addition to fear of loss of control, they also have, I think, a fear of repercussions. And like what society is going to say or what what the neighbors are going to say or what the church is going to say or their community. And they make it about them. And so while that is, that's legitimate and I don't want, I mean, I've had that certainly. Um, I also think that there's that resilience that you're talking about building that having the conversation with your child and talking about, sure, you can be uh, on the left, you can be on the right, you can be whatever you want. Understand, you know, in whatever choices that you make that, you know, What, how people may react. And it's about being equipped, and that's building resilience. And that is helping them decide, you know, is that how they want to, I, and, you know, this phrase that is so used, but is it how they want to identify? Is their fashion how they want to identify? Their politics, their interests, you know?
1: Yeah. And so many times those things are influenced greatly by, you know, society and their peers and, you know what they're seeing on social media and things like that. Uh-huh. But if we can just help them look at all the options, right? Uh-huh. Look at all the options, and and as as long as they're not going to hurt themselves, let them go with one. You know, let them let them make, let them see what that's like, and uh, and have that piece of autonomy. It's 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 important, don't you think? I think oh, it's, I, I think it's incredibly important, and and it's too many times we shut them down because we've got, you know. We've got two other kids that we're dealing with too, and we've got, we're both working, and we just, man, we've got to keep this efficient thing rolling at home, just efficient. One, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. And now I have a 14 year old questioning my opinion. Right. right? Um, That's what we want. We want that because you are going to create, if you will, a strong, emotionally mature, Resilient human being when they're adults, mm-hmm. and you get to be responsible for that. I'm, I'm, I mean that. We as parents are responsible for how that child is going to be in twenty years. Now, there's a lot of other factors too, right? I mean, there's an environment, there's the culture, there's there's the, all, all kinds of things can happen. But we lay the foundation. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm and we have to be aware of that all the time and it's it's hard it's really hard because we've got a million things to be aware of every day right i mean just constant constant uh bombardment of sensations and stimulus Mm -hmm. just constant bombardment and now my child in the middle of that is questioning something and you know how is that going to fit in with this 750,000 things i've got to do today right you know, and it's just
0: throws a wrench in and right. you know
1: and it's got we have to be able to come to the awareness and i see parents doing this that come to the awareness is okay it's got to pause for a moment and i've got to deal with this mhm right and i can't put it off till the weekend or whatever because they'll lose interest it it they'll feel like i'm i'm don't care Right, you know, so it, it has to be dealt with,
0: um, yeah. I I wonder um, sometimes with this as well. In addition to parents being, you know, again afraid about the loss of control, afraid about you know what the neighbors will will think. And that oh yeah, because
1: kind of that was a very good point you made. I mean, this whole this whole um, facade, if you will, about about. What the family looks like to the community, to the church, to the world as a whole, is more important than anything else. That is just, that's BS. I mean, I grew up in a family like that. We were extremely dysfunctional, but on the outside, everybody thought we had the most incredible family there was, and we were just a mess. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... Spent a lot of time making sure that
0: mm-hmm.
1: that uh, that wasn't seen, and so here we are. Here, here, our family is putting their efforts into the cover up when they could just just as easy be putting their efforts into not having to have a cover up. Right. Right. And um, and and these kids at that age when they're Starting to get this reasoning and abstract thinking and autonomy and social justice feelings uh, and thoughts. Um, and then they're watching this happen?
0: Right. And they see it. I mean, it's so
1: fake to them.
0: Right. They know.
1: And um, so, what are we modeling there? What are we modeling for this child 20 years from now when, when he or she has a family? What are we modeling? It's gonna be automatic.
0: hmm Appearances matter more than authenticity.
1: There you go. I mean that's that's, that's what's gonna be modeled. And um
0: And I notice with and I, I will do this with, you know, I'm I've raised four teenagers. I have one that I'm still teenaging. And <laughs>
1: Teenaging. Teenaging.
0: And I notice that at times, you know, we will talk about the kids. And it or, you know, I have friends that have um, twins, notably somebody that I knew back on the East Coast. And, you know, it was Mm -hmm. always the twins. And I thought, wow, don't they get their own name? It's hard enough to be a twin, but to not get your own name. And it was always the twins. Right. And. With that autonomy piece, I think about that and, you know, the kids and the ever-ending, and I think this is universal, I hope it's universal, where the kids are like, you know, who's your favorite or I'm your favorite or, you know, whatever it is. And the thing that I say to the kids is I am trying to love you each differently, not more or less. I love you all uniquely because you're all unique. And that's the thing that I notice, again, with the autonomy piece, that what you're going to converse or interact with one kid is maybe going to be different. You know, it's like the whole, um, uh, love language thing, right? It
1: is very much so. You know, I, I just brought a, a, a thought to mind here where I, 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 um, counsel a couple of teenagers, you know, and adolescents and how do I say this mom or dad? They are not like their older sister or brother, who are the perfect model of what mom and dad wanted them to be.
0: Mm-hmm. But are also like secretly a mess, probably.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, probably. But, but it, you know, they are the epitome, the perfect example of what mom and dad had in mind for their children to be as teenagers. And then here's a younger brother or sister who is not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... All they hear about is how they're not. They don't hear about how they are Mm -hmm. and what they can do with that and build around that. And and this is a huge problem in many families. I see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is rejection. This is abandonment. This is uh, uh, self-worth and Mm self-esteem. I mean... This is the age that we need to nurture whoever this person is going to be in their life, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. I I noticed it
0: in our family with with Charlie. And Charlie, you know, he's got three older siblings that all seem to be lumped in together. And then there's Charlie. And, you know, Charlie is his own unique person. And he will end up comparing himself, I think, at times. And... You know, he's so uniquely, yes, the experience is different. And so you tend to think, like, mm-hmm. oh, the experience is different. Charlie is having me exercise muscles that I didn't know existed in my parenting.
1: Do you have a waiver or anything with Charlie? Here? <laughs> I mean, he's. he's <laughs> or well, Charlie.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, but it's, I believe in, I. Yeah, yeah. He knows I that it. I talk about it and oh, yeah. that it's. Yeah, yeah. That it's that helpful. I know it is, but I'm like super sensitive about it because, you know, like, right, you got to okay. be careful. <laughs> um, but I, I, it brings up for me that I – it just reminds me and underscores that keeping each kid's experience unique. Yes, there are some best practices that you learn as right. a parent that you can advise. However, each kid is going to want to do it their way. And you can't say, I told you so. Or you can't say, see – it worked out better for, you know, this sibling.
1: Well, you can say it, but you're really doing some damage. That's for sure. Right. Uh, this, this, all of these experiences we're talking about with these kids, when we shut them down or we, or we don't allow them to be themselves and we don't nurture that, that it's, it's creating relational trauma. That's what we call it, relational trauma. And this comes from, you know, results from ruptured attachment, we call it. We'll talk about that some other time. But but this relational trauma, we automatically carry it into adulthood. We're going to talk some more about that. We're running out of time, and I really want to talk here, and I can't.
0: Yeah, I, I wrote it down because I think that's really important. And so, um, you know, unless somebody calls in or contacts Greg through his website, which is uh, com, or through social media um, or LinkedIn, I think talking about the relational trauma thing, and I also want to talk about the relationship because it seems like between parents and how this affects the dynamic in in parents because I think it does. I know it does. Who am I kidding?
1: And if if folks want to call in too while we're talking, we really would encourage that. We can take some questions from time to time. We can shut up for a little while.
0: Well yes yes I can so we will share the number next week so that folks can call in and join the conversation and ask right. some questions so Greg
1: stay aware out there everybody it's all about awareness
0: that's right awareness is at the root so we'll see you next time with see you Greg next Kuiper time,
1: everybody thank you